I'm Will McHenry, the Program Associate at Ponars Eurasia, and with us today is Mark Kramer, Director of the Cold War Studies Program and Senior Fellow at the Davis Center for Russian and Eurasian Studies at Harvard University. Mark, thank you so much for joining me for this Ponars podcast. How did you get interested in Chechnya and the Russian-Chechen Wars of 1994 and 1996 and 1999 and 2009? Well, I had a long-standing interest in uh, military affairs, particularly the question of counterinsurgency, long before it became a fashionable topic after September 2001, and especially with the Iraq War. So um, the uh, based on that, though, I was commissioned by the U.S. government agency, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, which has a national security division, to do a study for them on the Russian-Chechen wars. And on the basis of that, I expanded it subsequently into a long series of articles about the Russian-Chechen war, some of them very long, 80, 90 pages, um, close to 50,000 words. And so eventually I expanded it into a book. And it looked in some detail at the military aspects, but then as I studied those, I became increasingly interested as well in the politics and social dimensions of Chechnya. And so I uh, became particularly interested in going there, which I did in 2006, because my earlier studies were based on interviews with both Russian soldiers who had taken part in the wars and Chechen refugees in Russia, um, but also in Azerbaijan and Turkey uh, and, and Georgia. What was the most challenging thing about conducting research in and about Chechnya? Uh, my first time there was in July 2006. Uh, there was still uh, a great deal of instability at that time. Much of uh, Chechnya, including Grozny, was still bombed out. You could see the aftermath of the war with many buildings destroyed. And so it was still a time when it was potentially dangerous to go, although most of the fighting had been over by 2005 or so. So it wasn't like going in 2000 or 2001 when uh, you know, it would have been extremely dangerous to go. The, the, um, but still, when I was there, it was a time in between... Uh, Alkhanov, who had uh, been the president designated after, or uh, at least nominally elected after the uh, assassination of Ahmad Kadyrov, the first president of the pro-Moscow government in Chechnya, and he was assassinated in May of 2004. And Alkhanov had, had come in after that and was still in power, at least nominally, in 2006. But increasingly, you saw the rise of uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, the son of Ahmad Kadyrov. Ramzan was still uh, formally too young to be president. He didn't turn 30 until 2007. Um, so in July 2006, it was a period in between, and a lot of people were still quite willing to speak to me. And that remained the case even when I subsequently went in November 2007 and uh, about four or five more times after that. Um, but increasingly, as Kadyrov tightened his control, uh, Ramzan Kadyrov tightened his control in Chechnya, 
it became increasingly difficult to get people to speak uh, with any degree of candor. And that was the major challenge because I had worked with the Levada Center on polling in Chechnya. And up until about 2011, that was producing quite interesting and um, I, I would say largely meaningful, although you have to be cautious with the results, but largely meaningful um, uh, outcomes. But the after that, it was very clear that uh, you weren't getting people to express anything like uh, what their real views may have been in the polling, so we had just abandoned that. And that has been the major challenge in, Chech uh, in doing research in Chechnya, is to find out what the uh, public mood is. Um, it, it's, it's ruled by Kadyrov uh, with an iron hand and an extremely cruel, sadistic man. He has, on the other hand, brought about a very impressive degree of reconstruction in Chechnya. It no longer looks like a war uh, site. It, um, the, the whole of Grozny has been reconstructed. Most other uh, regions in Chechnya have, although you can still find regions that haven't been. Um, it's still a very poor region, but has infrastructure that is far beyond what I'm sure Chechnya has ever had. And so to that extent, it is understandable why Kadyrov has some degree of popular support, even if he is a cruel tyrant in the region. On that note, how do you envisage envisage the future of Chechnya over the next 10 years? Well, the, the real question is um, because Kadyrov has already been in power now for 11 years, and the real question is whether he will be around. Um, he's young, he's only 41 now, so potentially he could be in power for another 30, 40 years. But um, whether he'll be content simply to be the head of Chechnya, as he's now known, um, uh, about six years ago, the off the top office in Chechnya was redesignated a glava, the head of Chechnya, because uh, under the constitution there could no, be no more president. The amendment to the constitution there could be no more presidents other than the one president in Moscow, uh, Putin, um, when he came back in two thousand twelve. So, so the. Uh, that is one question looming for Chechnya, certainly, is whether uh, Kadyrov will be satisfied to stay um, simply as head of Chechnya, whether he will seek to expand the reach of Chechnya, perhaps to incorporate other parts of the North Caucasus, something that would undoubtedly be extremely destabilizing. I also think um, would be strongly discouraged by Moscow and therefore is unlikely to happen. Whether he'll seek to gain some sort of office in, uh, in Moscow, which I, again I think is unlikely because he's probably not going to be very welcome there. There's large parts of the federal bureaucracy, especially some of the security services that aren't very happy with him. Um, even if they do welcome what he has done in Chechnya to keep it relatively stable and peaceful. The, um, so that's one key question. The other question is, well, there are, there are two other major questions. One is um, whether there will be some resurgence uh, of violence, a guerrilla movement in Chechnya. Right now, it, um, most of the fighters who had been in the region, and some of them were based outside in Ingushetia or Dagestan, 
as well, um, travel to Syria or to Iraq to fight on behalf of either Islamic State or uh, Al-Qaeda. They, they were split in that regard. Increasingly, they aligned themselves with the Islamic State. But as the Islamic State was driven back, many of them were killed. And um, so there was, to some extent, a deliberate strategy by the Russian authorities to allow these people out so they would go there and be killed and no longer be a problem in the region. And that strategy was at least partly successful. That is, uh, about, probably about 80-85% of them were killed there. The, um, but still, there is a core that could come back and try to revive an insurgency, linking up with insurgents or at least terrorists in, um, in uh, Dagestan to destabilize the region, but that's a longer-term prospect. I don't see that that is a near-term thing. We're probably talking about something maybe eight to ten years in the future, but it's always something that has to be borne in mind when talking about the North Caucasus. It's a region that has known recurrent uh, unrest and violence over the years, and that was true even during the Soviet period when there were far more, it's very clear now from documents, there are far more instances of violent unrest than were known. And then the final factor is uh, what Putin will do. Putin is going to be in power uh, at least through 2024, and whether he will simply uh, maintain Kadyrov in the region or will try to uh, somehow bring about change um, through new leaders or through the um, reappointment of officials who will assert a tighter federal hand. Right now, um, Kadyrov enjoys a high degree of autonomy in Chechnya. It's something extremely unusual for Russia. He enjoys much greater autonomy than any other regional leader in Russia. He rules um, in ways that violate the federal constitution, yet he gets away with it. He regularly does things that would not be tolerated elsewhere in Russia. And so the, uh, you know, there, there has generated considerable unease and even dissatisfaction on the part of some of the uh, federal bureaucracies, um, the MVD, the Ministry of Internal Affairs and the Federal Security Service in particular, they worry that the autonomy that uh, Kadyrov enjoys will make it much harder for them in the future if they are called on to go back to the North Caucasus to assert a stronger hand. So that's the other thing, is whether Putin will, in fact, try to tighten the federal government's role in the North Caucasus, and especially in Chechnya. So all of those things, I think, are where you have to look to try to figure out what the future of the North Caucasus and especially Chechnya will be. Fascinating. Mark, thank you so much for joining me for this thank, podcast. Thank you, Will.